In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thirty years among us dwelling, his appointed time fulfilled. Born for this, he meets his passion. For that, this he freely willed. On the cross, the Lamb is lifted, where his life blood shall be spilled. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Today is Good Friday. And if you were with us last night, you know that the events of today are a continuation of the Last Supper on Monday, Thursday. For part of the innermost three days, the Triduum, the holiest three days of Holy Week, all are taken together. The Jews figured their calendar this way. And so Good Friday, what we call Good Friday, actually begins after 6 o'clock on Thursday night, on the eve of Monday Thursday, forever uniting inseparably the institution of the Lord's Supper with our Lord's sacrifice as the Lamb upon the cross. These two are mystically united, forever one. Both are tied up together in another unfathomable mystery. God's deepest love and commitment to a people who, as we said last night, don't deserve it. Us. God's willingness to suffer for a race that doesn't deserve it. The human race. God's willingness to come and spill his own blood for people who, who he created, but who rebelled against him. Or to make it more personal, you and me. If we're honest, we're prideful and ungrateful to God on our better days. And on our worst days, we're disobedient, hurtful, and treacherous. C.S. Lewis wrote, It cost God nothing, so far as we know, to create nice things. But to convert rebellious wills cost him crucifixion. God responds to the human race with love. And our response can be but fascination with this mysterious love. The scriptures tell us even the angels look at it and find it unbelievable and fascinating that God would respond to us in such a way. Why would he choose to save us? Well, the answer is mysteriously simple. Love. God so loved the world. This is the greatest mystery of all, that he endured the events of this day, that while he did not want to, he willed to. All for love. Last night we saw Jesus as the one who chose to be the servant or the slave. Tonight we see Jesus as the Paschal Lamb. And we look forward to Jesus as the victor. All three of these remain in today's readings. Once again, if you noticed, the servant, the Paschal Lamb, the victor. Jesus, the servant, who washes the disciples' feet, can be seen explicitly in the prophecy of Isaiah, in the very first line that David read to us. 
Jesus the conqueror is seen in the Hebrews chap in the Hebrews reading particularly in chapter 10 verse 12 sitting down at the right hand of God forever but to continue with the spotlight metaphor that we started last night tonight the spotlight shifts from Jesus the servant or the slave and illumines Jesus the passover lamb the passover is powerful in and of itself the soldiers arising at gethsemane judas betraying his friend with a kiss the passion story is powerful there's no denying it peter denying christ three times the king of the universe's interaction with caiaphas the high priest and pontius pilate the governor all of that is captivating the torments the utter torture of the path to the cross including the crown of thorns the scourging the mocking crowds is horrific jesus beholding his beloved mother mary and trusting her to the apostle john leaves us in awe and silence and perhaps even tears but behind or above in the background the death of our lord jesus if one can say that is something just as profound the coming together of two covenants of god's love found in the covenant of the old testament and the new testament for wrapped in seeming defeat is god's divine plan of salvation where out of love god himself satisfies justice as was ordained from the beginning you see the events of good friday approximately 2000 years ago in ad 33 and the completion was the completion rather of the passover sacrifice which was begun some 3500 years ago at least 1400 years before jesus was ever born with pharaoh and moses we heard that story last night and the gospels point us to this again and again if we have eyes to see and ears to hear you know there's a lot of talk today uh, have you ever come across the phrase about easter eggs in movies is that familiar to you what's an easter egg in a movie people know what that is something hidden right and it's usually something hidden that goes back to either another movie or to a director you know that it's the same director so in Indiana Jones if you look at the hieroglyphics there's R2D2 in the hieroglyphics um it's a silly example but in this story in the passover story are tons of easter eggs to put it in modern parlance or to put it in ancient parlance prophecy fulfillments things beyond what any human director could come up with right things outside of seemingly outside of Jesus's control are going on all around him and the passover is one of those things the passover is one of those things if we have eyes to see it you see good friday in ad 33 is chocked full of those things and good friday is a particular day in the Jewish calendar. It's a particular Jewish liturgical season. The feasts in the background 
is actually the clue to the hidden victory, the disguised victory that's coming in the cross. Last night's Gospel, in John 13, verse 1, we began, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. In today's account of the Passion, we read in several different places that this is the feast of the Passover. Have you caught it? For example, in John 18, verse 39, we read, Pilate talking to Jesus, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. And then down in verse 14 of the next chapter, on page 9, now it was the day of the preparation of the Passover. And then finally, in verse 31, after we knelt down, since it was the day of preparation so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken. Why is that so important? Why does John emphasize it three times here? Because the Passover feast, which was a season was all about what? The killing of a spotless lamb. Jesus and the disciples were Jews, after all. Their entire lives they had been formed by this feast. Their entire lives had been shaped by this liturgical calendar. And the Passover feast, followed directly by the Feast of Unleavened Bread, was the core of their very identity as Jews. God knew this. He planned it all the way. Throughout the Old Testament, God showed the world that rescue is costly. It's through sacrifice and blood that sins are forgiven, that injustice is righted, that people are freed. In the Monday Thursday reading, God established the Feast of the Passover as the preeminent feast. But in today's reading, we see why. God linked together forever the Old Testament, the Old Covenant of love with the New, forever linking unleavened bread and wine with the body and blood of the Passover lamb. And in this feast was always forgiveness, freedom, rescue from death. But the lamb changed. God, the Son, was the Lamb. It was His Passover, which was something also foretold. For example, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 26 and 27, we read, And when your children ask you, What does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, It is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. You see, all four Gospels keep bringing up the fact that it was the Passover feast to to the first readers and to us today to link together the Passover of 1400 B.C. 
with the Lord's Passover in A.D. 33, with our Eucharistic feast coming up this Sunday, to show that God had planned this from the beginning. This wasn't outside of His control. Jesus was a victim, to be sure. But He was a willing victim. And that makes it all the more glorious. Even the hour of Jesus' death coincides with the hour of the day when the Passover lambs were killed for the Passover feast. Three o'clock. R.T. France points that out. Luke's Gospel tells us in chapter 24, verse 44, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sunlight failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Friends, Jesus' precious death on the cross is our Passover. Jesus' death on the cross is our Passover. He is the ultimate completion of the old covenant Passover. He is the Lamb who was slain to sign, to seal, and to, free, and to feed us. His people and everyone who will ever come within His saving embrace are found in Him as the Passover Lamb. What a mysterious wonder it is that God, having loved His own, loved them to the end, loved them to this end, over thousands of years, and for thousands of years afterwards. And He continues to save us by this once-done sacrifice. The Old Testament Passover of the Lord has become the New Testament Passover of our Lord's Supper. And the Lamb that spared the Hebrews from the angel of death has been replaced by God Himself in the person of Jesus Christ, who comes to us every week. Christ our Passover has been sacrificed for us. As St. Peter, Patriarch of Alexandria and martyr under Diocletian's persecution, writes, Jesus was made the victim to those who were about to partake by the faith of the mystery concerning him. This is what is written by the blessed by blessed St. Paul, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. How should we respond to this day? How should we respond to that profound love? Should we respond by feeling bad about ourselves? Some people think that's the point. I don't. Rather, let us respond with awe and wonder and amazement. And let's respond, yes, with contrition and repentance, but more so with adoration and devotion. For what love can compare to this? A God who created a people out of His love to love and then sacrificed Himself to bring them back so that they might again have the option to love Him again. Do you see how much love there is in that? Dear friends, Christ our Passover, Christ the Paschal Lamb is sacrificed for us 
Let us adore the servant, the lamb, and the victor, and sing of love unknown, except to God alone. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.